Hi, I'm Oliver Burquez, co-founder of 40 Fit. Welcome to the Brain, Brawn and Business podcast. The podcast is to get successful people on just to talk about what inspires them, what motivates them, the successes and the challenges they faced in business, how they've overcome them, what they've learned along the way. It's a really practical podcast trying to offer real value to the listeners and things you can implement on a daily basis, things around business and strategy and habits, lifestyle performance. Hi everyone, just before I go into the episode, just a little introduction to my guest. Um, so Chris Branch, Chris is an osteopath and business owner. He runs a busy clinic in Chelmsford called Forte Physical Health. He's always been passionate about understanding what it means to be healthy. And now he has two kids himself and a busy work life. It's been a project of his to understand how to integrate health into a hectic life. Um, it's a really good episode coming up. He delves into that, talks a little bit around self-care, meditation, exercise, and provides a few a few tips for long-term health as well. So I know you're going to get lots of value from the episode coming up. If you're looking to get more support around business, fitness, and mindset, then I'd like to invite you to two free support advice groups I have. One's on Facebook. It's called Brain, Brawn, and Business Community. And the other one is a WhatsApp group, which is for more instant communication. The WhatsApp group, it, you must run or be involved in business because there is a support network um, slightly different on WhatsApp for those two groups. But yeah, you can search one out on Facebook. I'll leave both links to the groups in the show notes. Um, but yeah, get involved. Come and join the community, which we're starting to form and build. And it'd be great to have you be a part of it. Other than that, the episode's coming up now with Chris, and I hope you'll enjoy it. Hi, podcast community. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Oliver Burkwiz here. Chris, thanks for joining me today, mate. Thanks for having me, Ollie. So, um, other than the introduction people would have heard, is anything else you want to add to you or what you've got going on? Or uh, No, so I guess we've, we've connected as local people in the fitness space. I'm, I'm more on the kind of pain side of things. I run an osteopathic clinic and we have various people in our team, but my goal is to get them to a place where exercise can take over in someone's life. I really, I'm really keen for people to exercise and... I see us as uh, on the same spectrum, but at slightly different ends of it. And I want people to be training and exercising and fit and healthy. But sometimes pain and injury gets in their way. So that's that's my job is to get them back to enjoying their hobbies and passions pain-free. Yeah, which is great. And I think um, what's really important about that in your industry is that you're trying to get people back to exercising, which might mean a few less sessions with you. But I think from an ethical point of view and the reputation that gives you, if you're getting people exercising better, it might mean a few less sessions for your business, but the reputation that gives you for someone that really cares, wants to get back people exercising, so they might tell a friend, or when they're injured again, they come and see you. Yeah. I think it has real value. Yeah. So it's really important, because I think maybe in your industry, I, am, I don't know anyone as such, but it might be that people might want to get two extra, two extra sessions out of someone. Mm-hmm. They might not necessarily need those two extra sessions, but uh, I think... You know, anyone that knows you, you have real, you know, you have real good ethics about you, and you're trying to get people back quicker. Yeah, which helps. I'd really hope, in general, the industry is good. Like we, we really want to treat people as little as possible. I would say that osteopathy, we just facilitate. We facilitate someone's own healing mechanisms from within their body. We're the facilitator, and that comes through our hands-on treatment, our advice, our exercise and lifestyle advice. But really, what we want is for someone's body to be doing the work. We want someone's lifestyle to be doing the work of keeping them healthy and we just facilitate that at various stages of their journey 
Um, and I, I think the, the industry as a whole is fairly ethical, but certainly in our clinic, that, that's our ethos. Yeah, great. I think it goes a long way, you know. Yeah, cheers. certainly the reputation you built up. So how did it all start for you? Where does the journey start from where you are now running your business? So it's quite a long journey, actually, in that I wanted to be an osteopath when I was 13, which is quite weird. <laughs> and Not many people have even heard of osteopathy at age 13. And even prior to that, if I think back, I wanted to be a physio for two years prior to that. So I was really age 11 when I thought about being a physio. And um, but even before that, I've always been interested in health and what it means to be healthy. Um, but at the same time, I've had this innate knowledge that I wanted to work with my hands. So that kind of, as I became a bit older and started to think about that one day I'm going to have a job, um, I started to rule out things like medicine. I wasn't interested in pharmacology. Um, even I played a lot of sport as a kid. Maybe that's what led me here. Um, and I'd see physios, but the physios I saw didn't put their hands on me. They just put machines on me or gave me exercise, but they never got hands on. So that was the at the time of age 11, that was the closest thing I'd found to what I wanted to do. But then my mum went to see an osteopath and uh, I saw him and, and that was it. Never looked back. So age 13, I wanted to be an osteo. And then it was a case of doing the study. Uh, I worked for other people when I graduated. I worked for seven years for other people. And then I'd been doing lots of postgraduate study as well and just started to put my own spin on things and um, realised that I needed a slightly different setup in the clinic to what I had access to at the time. So the only way to do that is build it yourself. So yeah. after seven years of working for other people, I set up on my own. And now I'm four or five years into that and uh, have built a team and, and we're, we're doing well and still steadily growing. Yes, which is great. Do you think, so for you, the seven years learning, do you think that's really important, that self-development rather than going straight into business? I mean, how's it uh, work for you? There are lots of ways to get into a career, but, but I think osteopathy is, it's very technical and there's a lot of questions, even when you graduate. So great. Graduating is just step one, and there's still a lot of questions. So you definitely need a mentor. So if you're if you do set up on your own, you need a network of more experienced osteopaths that you can call on to ask questions because weird stuff happens. There's a phrase that we used when we were studying that common things happen commonly. So you need to know the common things inside out. But weird things happen. Like we live in a bell curve, and most of the things you see day in day out, but from time to time, strange things happen, and you you need to have someone to bounce off to figure out those tricky cases. And as you get busier, even though we live in a bell curve, you're going to see the uncommon things more often just because you see more people. So um, you need to, you need to have someone to bounce off. So um, my, the way I did it, I, it suited me as a person to work for other people for a few years to learn the trade, not worry about the business, not worry about all of the headaches that running a business comes with and just learn osteopathy um, in, in the job. Um, so it works for me. I, I do know people who graduate and set up their own clinic straight away and they seem to do well. But you, uh, my one piece of advice would be get a mentor. So do you have a mentor even now? Uh, so there are, there are osteopaths. So I have lots of business mentors now. And then there's a handful of people that I would still turn to to bounce off tricky cases. Um, and uh, but I, that's not done as a, in a structured way. Um, there are just people that I, I know that I, I would bounce on. Yeah, self-development, self really important for you. Is that a big thing for you, self-development learning and... Always. Yeah. Uh, on a, so you said you have mentors now, is that... Yeah, so I have a, I have a business coach, always have, uh, since running, running on my own. I've had various... 
I have coaches for lots of little parts of my life. So I have mental health coaches who I see from time to time. It used to be more regular. Now I kind of feel like I've got a steady base where I just dip in from time to time. Um, I always think there's an expert out there to help you with anything. So, yeah. so whatever, yeah, mate, you're right. whatever you need help with, someone is out there to help you deal with that problem faster and more effectively. Um, so right now there's some there's a business coach I check in with every quarter. I'm a member of a mastermind group. I've, I've previously been a member of two other masterminds, and this one is just for clinic owners, but I've been a member of other business masterminds. Um, and then... Yeah, so actually, and then in the day job, the osteopathy, um, uh, there are people I speak to in a less structured way, but we talk about tricky cases and we talk about kind of what we're learning, what we're researching. But um, personal development is something I would say I do on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. So aside from mentors and stuff, on a daily, you said talk about daily basis. What type of habits do you have? Like for you, obviously, you have to service your clients, but mm. what other habits do you have? You said about so on a daily basis you're doing things how does that sort of look for you and top daily habits to help Chris perform better and the the one that has been revolutionary to me for the last five years is I meditate every day and what that means to me has changed over time but um, I generally practice mindfulness um, or broadly categorized as mindfulness um, I started with the app Headspace and uh, then um, I have now switched to using an app called Waking Up by Sam Harris, which is exploring a slightly different, it's got a slightly different focus in mindfulness. But um, How long do you meditate for? Uh, 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes max. In um, the morning? Uh, so I've got two young kids <laughs> and one of them wakes up really early. So I have a rule where if I wake up before her, the first thing I do is meditate. But if I'm up, she... I can't sneak past her bedroom without her coming out. And going with her. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, I've lost my favourite time of day, which is being downstairs on my own in the, in my house. I've, that's kind of gone in my life now. So, so my rule now is that if if I'm up first, I meditate first thing in the day. I definitely get the most out of it first thing. But um, if not, then I'll do it at the end of the day, which is when my wife goes up to bed. I'll just brush her teeth and I'll just stay downstairs for an extra 10, 15 minutes and meditate at the end of the day. So, Does it help you sleep well then that night? Uh, I think it does. So as a business owner, I used to remember waking up in the middle of the night or not being able to fall asleep thinking about things. That Since I started meditating, that has stopped. Like Almost within doing the 10-day trial on Headspace, that stopped and I've, that's never come back. So it, I would say it's helped my sleep. We're in a modern world where you, there's so much dragging on our attention. You can forget to do the things that you know really make you feel good so um each month of the journal i've got it sets you a few questions at the beginning of each month um out of what you want to achieve with the month and and i'm not like gary v hustle 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 i'm just like there are things that make me happy there are things that make me look back on uh, time and feel like i've been productive i feel like i i want to look back on time and know that i've used it in a way that was congruent and not to myself so I just write down the things I want to do. And some of those things, like I'm quite into photography. So I, one of my habits is take my camera out at least once a week. And sometimes I just forget to take my nice camera out once a week. And uh, so I tick it off and I can see that I've taken my camera out each week because without doing that, it might go three weeks and I've not taken a photo with my nice camera. And uh, so it's, I'm not talking about hustling, hustling all the time. I'm just talking about what makes me happy. And so there are two aspects to that. One is sitting down and genuinely asking what makes me happy um, what makes me look back on my time and think I've used it wisely um, and then there's the actual implementing and doing it and writing for me um, is one of the things that just makes you get that 
get that done each week um, effectively. Yeah, great. I, I think with um, and I think with you said about forgetting things. I think it's really important because not only when you, if you write down tasks you've done, it gives you real confidence or or um, triggers that dopamine, doesn't it? It does, which is, I think is really important. Yeah. You know, to see you've done stuff in the yeah, day. Yeah. Even bad days can be made into good for some, maybe some, mm. you know, certain things. Or if you're setting yourself daily targets. Mm. A whole day might have been rubbish, but you've hit three of your daily targets yeah. and that's a win, you yeah. know? So I think that's really important. But also, it's for, as you say, you don't forget anything. Mm. So I can be, you know, as humans, we can forget. So I can be terribly forgetful where I forgot to write in that meeting or what happened after it, you know, I think. But if I get it down, so finish a podcast, oh, Ollie, you could have done that better, ask that question better. So as soon as something's happened, writing it down, yeah, it's a reference point to go back to. Yeah. And then it allows you to improve. So, you know, I reference it might make me better as in I interview better now because I realize that you don't do that differently. And and I think that's what's important, getting it down on paper. There's a quote from Jordan Peterson that I've really been using a lot in my mind recently where he says, never compare yourself to others, only ever compare yourself to who you were yesterday. And I literally do that. Who was I yesterday? And I'm, you're just trying to be a little bit better than that person. So. There are times where I reflect and write a little note in, in the journal. Um, if there's something that I could have improved upon, um, and this, it could be anything, could be business, um, could be could be me as an osteopath, could be parenting is one where my kids are young, so that can be stressful at times and you can snap in a way or it's tiring, isn't it? So anyone who's been through that journey of having young kids um, knows that you don't always perform at your best. You just can't. And sometimes you're caring and patient and then sometimes you snap. Um, so I just write that down and try not to snap the next time I'm in that situation. Yeah. And and uh, journaling is a way that, that helps yeah. with that. I think a big thing is as well, and another thing, you know, talk about daily habits, getting things down. I think accountability is key. Mm. It's so important. So like you've mentioned mentors, yeah, you've got some accountability, journaling, getting things down in a journal gives you the accountability of targets to hit or daily challenges and, and stuff. Yeah, and and I think accountability is really important because if you've got accountability, whether a journal or a mentor or a colleague or a friend, you've just got something that someone's going to hold you accountable to the task you've set out to do, mm -hmm. and it makes it I think much more you're much more likely to do it. So I think accountability plays a huge part. Yeah, so there, there are two types on there. There's internal and external accountability. And um, the first step is to know what you respond better to. Um, so some people are really good at setting their own internal goals and just sticking to them. But I'd say they're probably the minority. So most people, although it's helpful to have your own trackers, um, most people will respond better to external accountability. So if someone wants to go to the gym, and they just say, I'm going to go to the gym. That's, that's an internal form of accountability. They may not stick to it. Whereas if they've got a coach or a gym buddy, they don't want to let their coach or their, their gym partner down. They'll, leave, they'll go when they're tired. They'll go when they're feeling a bit sick. And um, then they're being accountable to that person. And then they'll arguably get further in their journey than if they were just setting themselves the goal. So recognizing the two different types and knowing which you stick better to is a big part of that as well yeah definitely i definitely totally agree um so in business for you obviously you spoke about your growth where you've got to mm -hmm. um what sort of successes or challenges you've had and you've overcome and and cause I, I believe that overcoming failure as long as you can learn from it is so important for growth anyway yeah um 
the I guess uh, I'm in my third location, um, and arguably the second one was a really bad decision, <laughs> and uh, I was right out in the sticks. So I had a beautiful environment, but um, it was just way too far out of town in um, in the middle of nowhere. We, we were literally surrounded by sheep. It was really beautiful, but um, uh, too far out. So had a year where it was really tough. I'd, my little girl had just been born at this point, so I'm a dad. Um, with my income was the only income in the family and uh, suddenly you starting to look at the numbers and it just doesn't add up doesn't make sense for a family so that, that was quite a tough year um I'd say my biggest success is just trying to stay sane <laughs> growing a business um, gr um running a team and having young kids and trying to stay sane through this whole time so going back to the challenges and I want mm. to come on to the staying sane because yeah. it's really important that year was obviously learned a lot about yourself, probably, and you yeah, it was a yeah. real challenge. What did you do to overcome that? How did you did you did you just get practical, look at the numbers and adjust, or did you, you know, was it was it what's the journey you took to overcome that? How I think uh, the first step was acknowledgement that this isn't going to work. I've made a bad choice here, and and then I reached out actually reached out for help. So one of my mentors is my dad, and um, I just reached out to dad, like, dad, this isn't working. So things were going on in my head for a while, but as soon as I put it out into the world, um, uh, things just start suddenly started to steamroll and decisions started to get make made. So um, uh, I knew that there was a premises available in central Chelmsford, um, and uh, I put it out to him, like, dad, this isn't working, I need to move back to Chelmsford. And then within a really short space of time, actually, um, I was able to ask the right people and, and just move the clinic and um, had some, it, there were some headaches to get there, obviously. But my first step was acknowledging a decision I've made was the wrong decision. And then and that's hard, you know, that's the, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Sometimes you think it's just the right decision and that is that. Yeah. So that self-awareness, I think, is really big, really important. And the next step, which is probably... Get one, your ego out of the way. Yeah, the, the, the next step to that is telling someone because that's that's where um, I'm still probably not great at it. So getting getting it out and asking for help. And then um, uh, and then once that happened, then, then all the connections start to get made. And um, actually, the, the whole process was quite quick after that but um yeah i'd say i had to acknowledge it ask, ask for help and then it all seemed to steamroll so from there. yeah so you said about keeping sane so growing a business managing a team looking after your own health mm. family yeah busy life yeah what do you do to stay sane you mentioned meditation which i'm sure helps is there anything else that chris does to keep you managing yeah <laughs> managing all that so there are lots of facets to it, actually, and I think you need, for me, I've, I've need to do all of them. So exercise is a big one. Um, I uh, find there's an intrinsic link between how well I'm exercising and how I feel mentally. Um, I also read a lot. I read a lot of life philosophy. I'm quite into Stoic, the Stoic, um, sorry, the branch of philosophy known as Stoicism, um, which is it's two two and a half thousand year old branch yeah, of philosophy, yeah. but it's really making a resurgence now, particularly in business owners actually. But um, Stoicism and that, I would, I would call that mental modelling. So it's a way of reframing so-called problems and just realizing they're not that much of a problem. And uh, so reframing the negativities of life using stoic philosophy has really helped me um meditation is a big one um and then having having peers that i can chat to so that's where masterminds have helped and having coaches are you in a mastermind now or anything yeah i am so 
uh, I meet up, I'm only a member of one now, although I've been a member of others in the past, but uh, this one is specifically for clinic owners and, and it's really helpful in that we're all in the same yeah, boat. Get it. Um, so our, our problems, all businesses have the same problems, but it is particularly helpful if you're in the same niche group of 100%, businesses. because I think you, you, one problem, you speak the same language. Yes, 100%, and, get it, totally. I mean, makes sense. things like we use the same software, so... Um, even even little bits like that, um, really, I know, get it. Makes it, yeah, yeah, it's helpful to be able to bounce off these people in the same yeah. space. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it totally. So, um, so that was great. So, in terms of um, what you do there, staying sane, mm. that's really important. Going back to your habits and stuff, because I, so I probably might have skipped over some habits mm-hmm. if you didn't to explain more. So you mentioned meditation, you mentioned about exercise, other daily habits that Chris does. Is there any you can share? Yeah, so. Um, it was a conscious choice as a family. We only have one car and I walk everywhere and uh, I walk a lot. My wife always has rain over the car. So I, I walk a lot and uh, I, th- I really think from an exercise perspective, walking should be the base of the pyramid that everything else should be built upon. Um, sometimes I notice that the fittest people even neglect walking. They can be top it. They can be really high end fit, but they just don't walk. And um, I think there's so many, there are so many health benefits to walking, but I also find it helps my headspace. So I'll, that's where I listen to audiobooks, listen to podcasts. I come up with ideas and make sure that I carry my journal with me. So as soon as I get to where I'm going, if there's something I need to remember, I write it down when yeah. I get to where I'm it's supposed great. to be. But walking is a daily habit. And I use that time to podca- listen to podcasts, listen to audiobooks that are helping me with anything I need help with at that time. So for me, the, te- the phrase personal development is very broad and I might be listening to philosophy. I might be listening to a very niche thing about accounting and finance uh, that will help me with something in my business um, or leadership or marketing um, or osteopathy and health and physiology and um, pathology. Um, that anything that I'm doing, I just want to just increase it a little bit. Um, so it's quite a broad great. phrase. Yeah, it's great. I think anyone listening in the community, I think this is really important, little, a little productivity hack which I think is great. You mentioned walking there. So walking in terms of getting your steps in, great mm. for neat. So that non-exercise activity, thermogenesis, it's a really good mm. way to burn extra calories from yeah, walking. Yeah, yeah. But I think a little hack you can do, so by walking, getting out into the fresh air, if you're looking at, I mean, I'll do that to make calls or mm. I'll do it to record. I might go and do, post some stories, something or on yeah. my Instagram story or something. Mm. I find that real value in you're hacking time. So walking, you're getting the fresh air and the movement and you're doing something else to hack time to be productive. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. So it's that association for you. So for you walking, you're getting out, you might get some ideas or you're listening to something niche. For me, when I go and walk, I might record something or make calls. Mm-hmm. Anyone else listen to it? If you go and walk, what can you do whilst you're walking, which allows you to hack time a little? You mentioned fitness and mm-hmm. I think since launch, so the podcast has evolved. I think I said to you before we went on air and we, we start recording, I've had business owners on. Mm-hmm. Brainborn businesses, you know, I'm in fitness and I'm in business. And that yeah. was the idea around creating the podcast, getting business owners on. Last week I had my first uh, fitness professional who's in business on, mm-hmm. Claude. Um, we'll see your second one now coming on and seeing how that goes. So for you being in the fitness industry, I know it's an extension of that being obviously osteopathy mm-hmm. and, and the physio side of things. What do you do? How does fitness look for you? How does it help you? For me, on an, yeah, what do you do? Yeah, what do you do? Yeah, if you have, what, what what fitness does your fitness pro- regime look like? Yeah, um, and so the importance it has for you on your daily productivity. 
one thing I'll say is um, my kids are coming up to five, coming up to three. When I had my little girl, my eldest, I stopped training completely. And um, I had all the excuses. I'm too tired. Uh, I'm too busy. Um, my, my priorities have changed. And uh, slowly, when I stopped exercising, I became less and less energetic. And again, I had all the excuses. My girl's waking up through the night, blah, blah, blah. And it was only when my little boy was about to be born that I realized, God, life is going to get busier. The, the practice is growing. Um, I'm going to have an extra human being to look after soon. They're going to have more sleepless nights. And I realized that all my excuses were 180 degrees the wrong way around. And um, so I just flipped them and realized that I have to exercise because I'm busy. I have to exercise because I'm tired. So it was like this light switch just went off in my head. Um, the reason I explain this is I see so many business owners that have the same excuses that I used to have. Like, I'm too busy. I'm too tired to exercise. When do you find the time? And I'm like, it's the wrong way around. Uh, you have to exercise because you're busier. And I just always remember this uh, Nike advert. Um, that it's a black and white photo of someone running in the hills. And it says, someone busier than you is out running right now. And it's that, it is that simple that you have to find the time. And what you'll find is when you do it consistently, you will become less tired and it will help you be busy. It will help you have energy to be busy. It's not that you're so busy you can't exercise. It's that by exercising, you'll be able to be busier. So, um, so for the last three years now, I've been consistent. And what I had to do initially was think, what can I fit into my life the easiest? And um, for me, I quite like running. So running... 20 minutes is actually a decent workout. So I just, and the good thing about it is you run to and from your home. So you don't have to get to a gym. You don't have to get to a class. You, you don't have to commit to anyone. So I started with running and I did that for a while. Um, and then gradually habits snowball. So I wanted to become a better runner. So I started going, join, I joined a gym and started weightlifting and, uh, and then I got stronger. And then for years I've had this idea of, uh, wanting to do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And so after a while I got fit enough and strong enough in my mind to take up Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and now I've fallen head over heels in love with that. So for the last seven or eight months, I've been training um, with a club in Chelmsford um, called Punch Strong Academy and I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu two or three times a week. And then I run a little bit, just easy 5Ks, um, more for my mental health actually. I love running for my head um, and I lift weights uh, just because I think everyone should be strong. Um, I think it's really helpful to be strong enough to live the life you live. Um, and plus being strong helps in BJJ. Um, so, uh, that, that's kind of my model at the moment. I lift weights, but a low intensity. I'm not doing CrossFit. But stuff. It works for you. It works for me. Uh, and it helps you be productive daily. Yes. Helps your mindset. Yeah. Helps everything you do. Totally. Um, the BJJ is a great release. Um, it's great social. I'd, all, I'd almost call Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu spiritual because you, you're having to understand your emotions and your panic and you have to think under extreme pressure when someone's trying to choke you unconscious. <laughs> you're trying to think, can I get out of this position? Um, and it's it's very cerebral. You're trying to solve problems under pressure and that actually carries over really nicely into, into life Definitely. and business. Definitely, um, yeah. But yeah, I find lifting weights as, as well. It just makes you feel it literally literally just makes you feel good it's that simple um, yeah so definitely. Um, uh, it all intrinsically helps the business helps me be a better dad and helps me stay calm and uh, uh, just I would say it helps life in general so I'd love to go into like a bit of specialist now yeah. um, just for listeners so um, 
obviously you in the osteopathy and you know if you about movement and what you do at your clinic so mm-hmm. just maybe five things or a few key points some take homes that the listeners can take away from the podcast if you could share um a few little tips today yeah sure uh i guess so one of our main mantras in the clinic is movement is medicine and uh we try and keep people moving as much as possible and as quickly as possible after injury um and really that's the thing that we encourage the most in terms of people's lifestyle uh particularly if people have a sedentary job so just educating them around moving as much as possible so when it comes to sitting the research has been quite interesting if you pay attention to the research for over the last say 30 years there was a particular focus on at first in what is the best best desk setup what is the best chair and people would be spending like two grand on an office chair thinking it was most ergonomically designed perfect for their spine but then it's had this sudden shift in the last five ten years where we've realized it doesn't matter what chair you've got how expensive it is if you're sitting down for more than an hour at a time your hormones change your joints change um, your cardiovascular system changes even your nervous system and your brain changes um, so the most helpful thing is just to get up regularly, move regularly, um, vary how you sit. If you are sitting, vary how you sit. So I call it systemized. That's fidget. interesting. Yeah. I, I call, I've, got, I've got a video on this on my YouTube channel, actually. I call it systemized fidgeting. And if you're going to sit you slouched, that's actually okay, as long as you then balance it by sitting nice and upright. But if you're sitting nice and upright, it's going to be bad eventually. You can sit twisted to the left in your swivel chair, and then you can sit twisted to the right. Uh, you can sit with your knees in. You can sit with your knees out. Well, you 30 sit- minutes in, Chris, I might change my position now. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> is, that, is that simple? Just keep, keep varying yeah. it. And yeah. actually, that, this is why they're finding standing desks are better than sitting. It's not necessarily that standing yeah. is innately better than sitting. Arguably, it is slightly. Um, but what you do naturally is when you're standing is you move around a bit. I was given an example like imagine standing in a pub with a friend. Sometimes you kink into your yeah. right hip, sometimes you kink into your left hip, sometimes you stand with a wider base, and you don't even know you're doing it, you're just moving. Whereas when you're sitting, it's so much easier to fall into one position. So um variability is the most important thing through our day, and then and then movement. Um and then more for, for long-term health, it comes down to the simple philosophy of use it or lose it um a body follows this simple principle of if you need to keep performing a function your body will be able to keep performing that function the problem we have commonly is that we just stop performing particular functions and um, we stop lifting heavy things we stop reaching in certain directions so this is why having a structured format through your week like doing something like yoga you do really you put yourself into really weird positions yeah. like you test yourself can i bend backwards and in many people's lives they actually don't need to bend backwards and but it's an essential movement that our spine needs to have so testing it doesn't have to be yoga but yoga is um, something that people do that tests them in weird directions that just allows their body to keep doing it that's why i say strength training is so important mm. you know it's so important for you know no one ever complained about being too strong yeah, yeah, you know, but getting being strong. So strength training, being strong for the muscles is really functional. Obviously, for that, so for everyday activities, it mm. makes you much more uh, strong to be able to do them and adapt to that. Um, obviously, it's great for your immune system, for bone health, for all the various things. So I mm. think strength training is such a huge benefits beyond just 
building up, you know, building up your, your strength of course. for just aesthetics. The, the way I think of it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about in osteopathy, we live in a bell curve. Um, but so our life is a bell curve. So you you need to do the common things commonly. And most of the time, you don't actually need that much strength. You need a certain amount of strength. But sometimes life throws you a curveball. And you need to be strong enough for the curveballs as well. So, for example, if you trip off a curve, are you strong enough to hold your body mass with the new momentum that you weren't expecting? So if I trip off a curve, I'm like, oh, I catch myself. Nothing nothing bad happened. Some people trip off the curve and they're on the floor because yeah. they weren't able to catch their own body weight. Yeah. And then they're on the floor and they may have broken something, may have broken a hip or a wrist. And it's not the impact on the floor that was really the issue. It was the fact that they couldn't, they weren't strong enough to catch themselves. So, so what little things, you know, use it or lose it, what little things, daily things could people do? You know, obviously strength training and yoga, you mentioned two structured yeah. programs. So, Anything people can do, little tips and little movements. So um, I think of it as what we label a sphere of function, which is an imaginary sphere of space around you that you are confident and competent moving in. So can you confidently reach to the floor? Can you confidently reach overhead with your hands? Um, can you reach behind you? Can you twist? Can you, in those examples there, I was using a reach, which is driven, the movement is driven by your hands. Can your hands get to all these spaces around you? But can you also step to them? Can you move your feet in this space around you? Um, and uh, how confident are you in this sphere of function? And then not only are you flexible enough to get into those places, but are you strong enough to control your movement in those spaces? And then the next step from that is, are you strong enough to lift a weight in those spaces around you? So I'd say it comes in kind of a, a spectrum of, are you flexible enough, flexible enough to get move around you? Are you stable enough to control your own body weight? And then are you strong enough to lift a weight in those spaces with your hands, with your feet? Um, and uh, think of it in that kind of spectrum. Yeah. Um, it's hard to probably put into audio <laughs> for you. No, 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 but listeners. I get it. It's, it's great. And it's like it's maybe it's a, a follow-up piece that yeah. we can do to share some some of the stuff that are relevant in those three areas you mentioned. Yeah. Um, right, so we've got, obviously, so sitting down for for an hour at a time, as you mentioned that, obviously, to get up and moving, systematic, systematic, systematic fidgeting. <laughs> yeah, systematic fidgeting can get that out there. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, use it or lose it. So any, any one or two more you can maybe... So um, when... I'm interested, my niche is um, getting people out of pain um, in physical health, but I'm very interested in just general health. And when, when you look into research around longevity and likelihood of having illness in one's life, um, what's interesting is it's actually quite clear on, uh, the, the research is showing that having a good social network is one of the best indicators on how guess on predicting how long you're going to live and how healthy you're going to be in later life so the longest standing study ever done which is still going it started just before world war ii they've done this huge questionnaire study um, over the last 70 plus years and they're finding that the people who are healthiest and have lowest risk of disease later in life are actually those that have the strongest relationships so um i try and couple the two i try and say to people can you do can you have health pursuits that also keep you social? So being a member of social groups, uh, clubs, um, as opposed to doing things on your own, might actually be better for you on a spiritual level. And then that can tie back in to your long-term health. So yeah. um, 
this is actually some probably another step I've made recently in my own life. I, when I had the kids, when I started the business, I maybe became a bit too focused on those things. And now I'm just stepping back out, relaxing a little bit, trying to BJJ has been brilliant for me, making new friends, um, having this emotional connection with people. Um, and I'm recognizing I do that because it makes me feel good and I like these people. But it's also going to have a long-term effect on my on my health as well, having a good network of people that I can chat to. Um, so I, I really try and draw this home to people that I want them to be pain-free and moving so that they can enjoy their life and have social connections, have hobbies, have clubs, have a, have a social network. And I try and just make this link so people understand that their body and being pain-free is there to get them doing stuff. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but I think, do you know what? I think this is, this is huge. It's a huge thing you've mentioned there. And it's something that I say so much to people. That, what you've just said there about people moving better or moving pain-free to be able to enjoy their life, to be social, to do what they want to do in their life, is probably the biggest health progress marker Mm. you can have yeah. over weights and what the scales say yeah. and aesthetics and what you like them and, and all these health markers out there. No, mm. sorry, um, the stat markers, you know, like mm. weight. Um, and because by that, it's that to me is showing, that shows to me that's, that's that you're enjoying your life. So that, yeah. that for someone to better describe, I, I'm pain free I'm healthier, I can do social occasions, I can do sport and activities, I can play with my kids. I think that's what it's about. Something I work on a lot on myself, and I do this a few times a year, is with pen and paper, I've got a big piece of paper that I do this on, is ask myself, what are my values, what is my purpose? And yeah. I'm, I've become quite clear on it over time. And But I recognise that, for, for me, my body is the thing that helps me achieve my purpose. And that's what I really want to help my patients with. So um, everyone's purpose is 100% unique and individual to them. Um, but in all of, in every case, being healthy will help them achieve it better. So. Yeah, but I think get lost because, yeah, it's personal to them. But the general one is, what, what, how much do I weigh? I haven't lost any weight today. Right. That comes to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, but how are you feeling? You sleeping better? Yeah. That's great. You're sleeping better. Do you feel better? Yeah. Mm. Do you, your skin's yeah. Do you have more energy level? Yeah. But I haven't lost any weight. You haven't lost any weight, but you're sleeping better. You have more energy levels in the day. Less tiredness. Skin's better. Surely that's. So I think that we need to reframe what we judge our progress on mm. and those markers. And to me, you saying that about being pain free to enjoy life and be social is really big. Yeah, it's it's also slightly counterintuitive, isn't it? Um, especially, I guess it may be counterintuitive in the modern day where Instagram is such a big driver on how people feel about themselves or comparing ourselves to others is how we feel about ourselves. Um, wrong, wrongly. Yeah, of course. Um, but it's happening more and more. <coughs> um, so uh, we, we think they're the things that matter, like what we weigh and uh, whereas the... Re the best, well, not the best, but the, the longest-standing study. There's, there's a TED talk that you can watch on it. Um, uh, maybe I'll find the link that you could share on your notes. Um, but he, he gives a wonderful TED talk, and he just says it's, it's people that 
keep our long-term health. It's why we had a concept here of four people training together. Mm -hmm. Because it was people training together. You train together, you pull each other up, you win together, you lose together, you pull each yeah, other yeah. through. Community's key. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, so good. So we've got four really good points there. I mean, do you want to go for five? Leave it at four? Um, well, uh, you got to, I mean, you've got to look after your, 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 the food going in. And so my my favorite thing around nutrition, and this has, again, been highly linked to long-term health, is uh, time-restricted eating, um, meaning that you fast for a certain amount of time and then eat within a certain time window. And the evidence is pouring out for how effective this can be for people. So typically I'll have a 16 hour fast five days a week. Um, so I'm fasting right now. I haven't eaten anything, had a couple of black coffees, but um, no, no calories in. Um, and I'll do this five days a week. Sometimes I'll fast for longer. I've done a few three day fasts. And so you're, so this every week you'll do five days fasting. Yeah. So they're the, basically, when you look at diet, so you're into intermittent fasting, basically. So I don't necessarily like that phrase. Um, some people call it that, but that's not why I call it. I think of it with our diet, there are three strings you can pull. There's time restriction, there's calorie restriction, and then there's diet restrictions, the actual foods you put in. Um, you can pull all three of those strings if you want, um, but I'm only really pulling one. I try and eat, so with the diet restriction, I try to have freshly cooked food, cook, cook generally healthy meals, don't have too many processed carbs, but I don't worry too much about it. I definitely don't calorie restrict. So what I'm doing is the time restriction. So I'm still trying to get my 2,000 calories to a bit over 2,000, but just in an eight-hour window. And yeah, so because I'm not calorie restricting, I'm just time restricting. I could do that every day. And I, I, uh, there have been periods of time in my life where I've done a 20-hour fast and four-hour eating window for three months at a time. Um, that is quite intense, to be honest. How but... does it feel for you? Because I always worry. So when there's... I try and reduce the friction in people's lifestyles. Mm. So what I try and get across, and this is this works for you, which is really important. Mm. Any diet that works for you that people can do, I try and encourage people to do diet that works for them long term. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine. So you saying that, I'm always cautious for people thinking, right, well, that's great. I'm going to do that. But if it don't fit with their lifestyle because they've got a family and they're really busy or they've got to work, don't do it. You've this got to do something like that you've it. got to be able to fulfill over a long period of time. Totally. So it, I love that this theory, and actually, if you can elaborate, that's really great. I think knowing my community and knowing my people, I'm, uh, and certainly my client base and how it works, I, I stress home, look, do what works for you. Cool. Oh, no, find something agree. that works for you. Find something long-term. You've got to reduce the friction in mm. your, your diet and your lifestyle. So that's why I choose the time restriction, because if anything, it – actually just makes life easier. Like when I'm trying to get my kids ready for school, well, my girl ready for school, trying to get myself ready to start the day, not having breakfast, which is all this is, um, makes my morning so much easier. It's reduced the friction a lot. If I was trying Brilliant. to do... Exactly. And that's what, and that's what I think is really great. So mm. um, I think that you saying that, it works for you. You can do it a long period of time. You feel great. You're looking healthy and stuff like that. Perfect. Whatever you're doing for someone, always it's got to work for them. Reduce the friction, whatever works yeah, yeah. long term. Around the drink, at least drink water daily, limit your processed food, mm -hmm. get your macronutrients in, cook as fresh as you can. Yeah. You need fats, protein, carbs. I mentioned macronutrients. Mm -hmm. So there's some principles. Yeah. yeah. So it's great. So, yeah, kind of sorry, Chris. You were no, no, no. Uh, so this is that, that's kind of 
it is the friction side of things at home is why I do it because it makes total life, sense. Yeah, it makes total um, sense. And it, there, the research is just pouring in around how it can help reduce your risk of uh, chronic disease later in life. Um, it can increase longevity. Um, it reduces systemic inflammation, helps cell repair. Um, there are a whole load of benefits just by cutting out breakfast. It's really that simple. Um, yeah, great. So that's five really good things there for people to take away. Yeah. And that's good. Um, so I want to ask you, what, what advice would you have given to Chris 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Do you know what? If you'd, <laughs> if you'd given it to him then, it would certainly help. Yeah. I think the piece of advice that would have helped me the most 10 years ago would be just chill out, relax, be patient. I, I mentioned stoicism earlier. Stoicism has really helped me. And what one of the branches of stoicism is try not to be attached to the outcome of things. Just as long as you you do it, there are what stoicism says is there are only there's only really two things you can control, your thoughts and your actions. Whatever success comes from your actions is not in your control. What other people think of you, your reputation is not in your control. So I used to care a lot about those things, and I've now realized they're not in my control. But as long as I'm taking the right actions, then you can actually really relax because I have a to-do list. If I do my to-do list, I'm happy with myself. So I just get things done. But how successful those things are is not in my control. It will be what it will be. And what if you don't do your to-do list? <laughs> then I beat myself up a little bit. Yeah, then, yeah, then yeah. I, that's why I journal. That's why yeah, I meditate. Course, that's yeah, why yeah. I, but yeah, yeah. Even that, I've kind of got to the point now where I... I know that I'll be unhappy with myself if I don't do it. So I do it. And and uh, it's it's fairly, I've got this nice little system now and I get things done. I'm not cramming my week in. I'm not hustling, hustling, hustling. I'm doing the things I think matter to, to the business um, and provide value for our community. But once they're done, just relax. So my, yeah. my advice to my 10-year-old 10 10-year-old 10 self, um, or 10 years ago self, yeah. would be do the work but relax a bit more. Yeah, out. I think it's really good. And I think it comes down to, you know, perception, how perceived situations, like you said. Yeah. Um, you can't control, like I always talk about, I talk about behaviours and outcomes. Mm-hmm. So like you said, you can't ever control the outcome. No. You know, someone wants to lose 10, five, 10 pound. You can't control, you can't, don't know how quick it's going to take someone to lose 10 pound. You can't control the outcome. All you can do is control the behaviours that will lead to the outcome. Exactly. So healthy habits that lead to the outcome of you losing weight. Um, for you, healthy daily habits, behaviours, your healthy your behaviours on a daily basis, um, you're giving your best possible chance to lead to the outcome you want. Mm-hmm. But you can't ever control that. And I think the perception is so important. So certainly you can, fo- can only focus on behaviours, not the outcome, mm-hmm. which is really important, I think, for people's well-being because you're controlling the behaviours, the outcome will lead it's positive will lead to a positive outcome at some point yeah but also that perception of not worrying about the outcome like you say you can't control what people think of you you can't control um how many people are going to come through the door you can't control mm-hmm. people are going to come back to you mm-hmm. all you can do is control the behaviors that looks after people treats people right cares um helps people get progress behaviors that help you as an individual yeah, control them. The outcome should follow, and the perception of not, you know, like you say, not not what you can't, not worrying about those opinions or other people think you can't control them. Yeah, worrying about it takes your headspace from other, you know, other things. That's why Instagram, social media, talk about Instagram. 
it's really interesting because everyone can airbrush photos. Instagram's a very visual platform. Mm-hmm. I think it's now more not always visual now. I think actually there's more blog stuff going through it, but mm. it's still a visual platform. Well, you can airbrush, you can do, you know. Yeah. So we're judging ourselves on the front cover model who's got ripped abs. Yeah. But what people don't realise is the restriction in his diet or her diet to get to that point is huge. They're not probably, they're, they're, they're moody, they're tired, mm. their calories are right under, right. it's airbrushed. Yeah, yeah. But we're perceiving that as the right thing. So just focus on your own journey your own um, behaviours, what you're doing, as long as it falls in line with your goals and what you want to achieve, that's what it matters. Exactly. And then the pressure's off. You just uh, that, It's helpful to have goals because it guides the behaviours. But once you've had the goals, all you need to focus on is the behaviours. You almost need to just let them go, let, have them as this soft yeah. thing in the future yeah. um, that, that I are think, yeah. guiding your actions. Yeah, definitely. No, it's great. So what, uh, what advice would you give to someone starting a business, starting your industry, possibly one of the bits of advice is what you said to that the Chris 10 years ago. Yeah. As in, yeah. you know, um, just focus on your behaviours, be patient, mm-hmm. um, not stress too much. The biggest what thing that's helped to me is asking for help. And um, have, I've had a business coach from the beginning. That's been a huge help. And just having this network of people that are there, there to help you, um, yeah. uh, that's been massive for me. Yeah, um, and certainly anyone anyone starting out, that's my my, my number one tip. Um, have have a network. No one's self made, um, and have a network of people that are there to help you for, in whatever area you need help with. That that is the thing that's individual to people. Some people are finance whiz and they don't need help with that. Some people really need help, so they just I would say pest if you're that person to pest your accountant, and, or it, it just might be. Whatever niche area of a uh, business you're in, oh sorry, not niche area of business you're in, but whatever problem you have that is unique to you, just find help from someone else. In Reach that out. Area. Yeah. Definitely show strength, not weakness. Mm. Um, last thing, where do you live by? Quotes, favourite quotes. Where do you live by? Good question. You spoke stoicism, so there's a few quotes you probably got there. God, yeah, on the top of my head though, on the spot. Um, what did I? Let me have a quick think. Oh, you've put me on the spot. The the one I did say this earlier, it's the Jordan Peterson one that's probably going around in my head the most recently, which is never compare yourself to others, only compare yourself to who you were yesterday. I like it because it it takes gives you control. It, you're literally thinking about yourself and something that can make you a little bit better today than yesterday. What one thing can you take action on to do today? Um you're not comparing yourself to this airbrushed, curated version of someone you see on on social media. You're just thinking. You might be using them as a guide. You might be. You might admire them, and there might be only, something. but only if it's in, only if it's motivating you to be better and work harder. Yeah. If it's mo- if it's not motivating you, if you're just getting you down because you can't get to that level, stop following those people. Stop comparing yourself. You know? Yeah. And then, but or just take the element of that person that you like. But then reflect back on yourself and think, what's the one thing that I can take action on positively to get one tiny little step closer today? And then tomorrow I'll do the same. I'll take one tiny little step closer today comparing to myself yesterday. Um, Not worrying about that other person. And um, I I certainly see that as probably one of the biggest drivers of unhappiness in the modern world is 
just looking through our phones and comparing ourselves. Yeah. Great advice. Um, Chris, thanks so much for your time today. That's um, right. People can all want to connect with you. So um, what have you got coming up? How can people connect? You can just uh, how they can find your business. Obviously, you've got you know great uh, facility now in Chelsea in terms of how you're working with people. So, yeah, if you could share that information, that'd be great. Sure. We try and share value through our Facebook page, which is uh, just on Facebook to type Forte, F-O-R-T-E, Physical Health. And um, we've got an Instagram channel, uh, which is Forte underscore physical underscore health. Um, and we put out slightly longer form videos on YouTube uh, where I explain certain aspects about health, mental health and physical health, exercise and rehab. On, so that's YouTube, again, searching Forte Physical Health. So you can find us anywhere and I'll get back to you if you comment through there. Great. Um, so look, Chris, thanks so much for your time. People really connect with Chris. He's a great guy doing great stuff. His clinic's in Chelmsford. If you've got any issues, I'll leave it all in the show notes anyway. Mate, thanks again for your time. It's been a pleasure. Great yeah, catching up. Thank you for having me on. I enjoyed the chat. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you know someone that would get value from it, then please share it with them. And if you enjoyed the episode, then if you could leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform, um, be much appreciated to help us to reach more people with the podcast. Um, and there's something we're really passionate about, this podcast impacting as many people as possible. If you are looking to um, improve your performance and your lifestyle, I've got something really cool starting on Monday. That's the 24th of Feb. Um, it's my 10-week lifestyle transformation performance program. Um, it's also my 40th birthday, so it's my 40th 40. So it starts Monday, and because it's my birthday, I'm adding in a few extra bonus gifts as well. So it's basically you get customized nutritional plans, you get habit coaching, daily support and accountability from me, you get a private group for support, and if you're near my gym in Chelmsford, then I'm offering like a free health assessment as well. It's all delivered online, so you can access it anytime, anywhere. And because it's uh, my birthday, I'm adding bonus gifts to the program. I've got my 40 Fit Gym program, which is available online so you can take to your own gym. And I'm giving away a health and fitness survival pack and a free 100 recipe nutrition ebook and also 40 pound off the course. So, um, yeah, if you're interested in kickstarting your health, improving your performance, then, um, yeah, get in touch, drop me a message and would love to get you involved starting on Monday. Other than that, once again, thanks for listening and look forward.